proof that anyone can have a sports show. Wow. <laughs> Electric booyah bass right from Jump Street. Adam Crowley. What's up, players? On ESPN Pittsburgh. The Pirates traded Andrew McCutcheon to the San Francisco Giants and got some lefty back named Crick. Presumably his name is Creek anywhere else but Pittsburgh. 412-922-2874 is the number. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. After the Penguins won the Stanley Cup, I said that, to me, the Penguins are Pittsburgh's team. Because, to me, the Penguins, since I've been alive, have been by far the most successful franchise. Well, the Penguins have just won back-to-back Stanley Cups. The Penguins have now won four in a row and have positioned themselves now to make the playoffs and defend their title. Meanwhile, the Steelers lost to a team that they're better than, in my opinion. Certainly one that they have more talent than. And the Pirates have traded away their two cornerstone players. Their best pitcher and the guy who brought baseball back in Pittsburgh, Andrew McCutcheon. If you want to argue that the Steelers are Pittsburgh's team, I'm going to bounce back every single time and say you're wrong. Steelers have a big following everywhere. They have a big following in Pittsburgh. But for the younger generation, you have to have faith in the Penguins because they've not disappointed you the way the Steelers have. They've not disappointed you the way the Pirates have. And when they have, they've bounced back with championships. These Steelers, there are a lot of talk, and they haven't backed it up. I don't mind the talk, but if you don't back it up, it's a bad look. I like confidence, but when you lose, you don't sound confident in the aftermath you sound cocky for saying the things you did at the start. The Penguins are more likable than both of these franchises right now. I don't think that's debatable. Juju Smith-Schuster did everything he could to change that this year. And yet, it's not enough. 412-922-2874. How much of this loss that the Steelers suffered yesterday do you put on the talking? How much of this loss do you put on the rest? Because to me, I don't think any of it had anything to do with the way that they played. They didn't play well. They didn't execute. They got out coached, but I don't think they're overlooking Jacksonville at all. Steve on the highway disagrees. What's up, Steve? No, it's Dave, but anyway, uh, oh. thanks for taking the call. Uh, I just flew in from Cave Creek, Arizona, the home of uh, Harold's, which is the biggest Steeler bar west of the Mississippi, I think. But uh, I do disagree. I think that the coaching staff. Uh, I don't know what goes on in the locker room, but I think they were looking beyond us. I think they were game planning for the Patriots before they even thought about uh, yesterday's game. And I think that probably uh, worked its way down through the players, allowed them to get a little bit a little bit cocky and make some of the statements they did. And uh, I think, you know, by the time they realized they had to turn it back on again and take the game seriously, it was too late. They were done. But I put it all on the coaching staff for not keeping the team focused on the game at hey, hand. Hey, Dave. Yes, sir. Can I call you, Steve? Sure, go ahead. Okay, Steve, when Mike Tomlin said prior to the Packers game that they were focused on the elephant in the room, they then beat the Packers, they then beat Baltimore, and they beat Cincinnati. So if they were looking ahead to New England then, they sure didn't show it. What makes you think it's different this time around? Because they were closer to it. I think it was time to start game planning. I don't think they they were thinking about a game plan against the Packers or anybody else, but I think they were this week because... They were less than two weeks away from actually having to take the field against the Patriots. So I think that the the proximity to the game on the calendar 
made a big difference. You're wrong, Dave. Dave. Save. Dave. Whatever. You're wrong. Mike Tomlin's not sitting in the game planning room and saying, oh, boy, what are we going to do next week against the New England Patriots? He's just not. He's breaking down Jacksonville Jaguars game film. They didn't discuss the Patriots at all in any meeting rooms all week long. I guarantee that. Guarantee it. That doesn't mean that they didn't come out with a bleepy bad game plan because they did. I'm going to swear today. Joe, be close to that button, man. I'm getting close to swearing, man. I'm going to say something I shouldn't. That's the price I pay for having to work on Martin Luther King Day. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, I have to come in and work, do a show. Whatever you say on Martin Luther King Jr. Day should not be finable by the FCC. I should not be allowed to get punished. I shouldn't even be here today. I'd love to be mourning. Just shut no, up. you shut up, Pursuta. I'd love to be mourning the loss of McCutcheon, mourning the loss of Garrett Cole, mourning the loss of my Pittsburgh Steelers. I can't have to be here. They're not overlooking anybody. That's such an easy, low-hanging fruit narrative. It's such a yinzer thing to say. Not that Dave Steve isn't a smart guy, but in this instance, Dave. you're just believing what everyone in the media is saying. They're overlooking him. They're not buttoned up. Colin Cowherd says they overlooked him. They didn't. They just sucked. They sucked because they sucked. They didn't suck because they were overlooking anyone. You don't have to explain away the suck. Your team just sucked. That's it. It's okay to admit that they got manhandled. It's okay to admit that they got their ass kicked. You don't have to come up with some sort of excuse. Bishop in Greensboro next up on the Crowley Show. Hello, Pope. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. How are well, you? Uh, I'm okay now that I've uh, had a couple of hours to, to, to stew over the, the loss. But uh, one of the things that, uh, first of all, I want to thank you guys for being here throughout the year, talking to us and uh, giving us a good show. So I want to uh, kudos for that. Well, thanks for listening, um, Priest. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, no problem. But um, – it sounds like a lot of people are doing the Dallas Cowboy uh, thing, saying, well, wait till next year. Um, well, you have to but, now, kind of. Don't well, you, Cardinal? Yeah, but, yeah, but, you, but you, when you look at this um, schedule that we have coming up next year, I'm very, I, I would beg to differ whether or not we'll be um, – I'd be happy if we make it uh, 10 and 6 because we're well, playing the NFC South, and the only one I can see us really beating that one is Tampa Bay. Of course, our division. Fryer, 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 Fryer. Just, just calm down here for a second. The issue's going to be they got to play New England Thursday night to open the season next year because New England's winning the championship. Then they're going to bring the Steelers. I guess it would be a home game at Heinz Field. Whatever. They'll bring the Patriots in here. That's the elephant in the room. The Steelers are going to spend all offseason getting ready for them. Appreciate the call. Alter boy four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. HC Zoner says at underscore Adam Crowley on the dot com. Be fair, Coward did not have Steelers prepared in two thousand and one. And following, I'm allowed to criticize Mike Tom without having to criticize Bill Coward too. But, yeah, Bill Cower had his failures. Bill Cower in AFC Championship games, not exactly stellar. Why are we criticizing Cower? Is this like Bizarro World Pittsburgh? Usually, the Steelers, the Steelers are winning games of 13-3. Well, if Cower was a coach, we'd be 14-2. We'd have a number one seat. 
Well, yeah, because then you'd have to lose at home in the AFC Championship game. But now, Mike Tomlin loses and somebody's tweeting me that Bill Cowher also sucked? Are we in some sort of Yinzer vortex? And now he replies, oh, this guy's got a Brady shirt. Oh, he's just trolling. He's got a Brady shirt in his avatar. He says, Carol at the 2001 Stillers make Super Bowl plans before the Pats game. Bro, the Pats made plans before the Pats game, too. 9-11 happened. So there was not a bye week between the Super Bowl and the championship games. So the Patriots had their bags packed, too. Why am I talking about this? You suck me right in. Dave in Lima, Ohio. Dave. Or is it Steve? Hello, Steve. How you doing? (laughs) What's on your mind, man? So, yeah, you were talking about um, basically how the talking going on, you don't really think that affected them in terms of game planning, and I kind of agree but where it did affect them is, you know, talking about the Patriots, you know, you're disrespecting that opponent that week. And I was listening to some national stations this week, and, you know, they were talking to some of the Jaguars players, and they were like, you know, you know, basically hyped up because of that. Well, you, you know, know what, Steve? Here, here's the thing. Tim <laughs> Benz was in the locker room with the Jags following the game, and they were mocking the Steelers like no team he's ever seen mock an opponent in the aftermath of a game before. So they were certainly fired up by the Steelers' perceived looking towards the New England Patriots. I'm not going to doubt that. But what I will say is this. If the Jacksonville Jaguars needed extra motivation in the AFC champ- or pardon me, in the divisional round before the AFC Championship game to beat anybody, then they're not going to have any success in New England. And they're not that good to begin with. When you're professional and you're in the tournament, as Mike Tomlin says, that extra... Motivation shouldn't mean anything. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Unless you're a Patriots fan, then you can bleep off, bastards. I got a friend. His name's Nick. He lives in California now, but he's from the Foxborough area. And after the game, he sends me a picture of SpongeBob grinning from ear to ear. I haven't replied. But these guys, they, they know they're in Pittsburgh's heads. And they think it's cute. They really do. The Patriots, the Patriots fans, they think all this that happened is cute. Because Brady and Belichick, they've lost three times in the last 18 years at home in the playoffs. Three times. That's it. Steelers did it this year. Steelers did it a couple of years ago against Baltimore. And the Steelers did it against a couple of inferior teams. They laugh at us. And today they really should. Choi in Verona, next up on the Crowley Show. Hello, Choi. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Awful. How are you? I'm all right, I'm all right. I just wanted to give you a couple comments on the Steelers game yesterday. Hey, you know a lot of the Steelers fans out here, we're big-time Steelers fans, and Sometimes you root with your heart. But actually, Jacksonville came in there yesterday and outplayed them. Just strictly outplayed them. You can't blame the offense. They put up 42 points. You can blame them. The defense stunk. The defense stunk. 
and 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 and, and Tomlin made a couple crucial bad calls because he's he seems to want to gamble all the time. Yeah, I see him at the casino all the time. Thanks for the call, Choi. That's a joke, just so I don't get in trouble with the Steelers. Here's the deal. There's a list of things that went wrong yesterday. Want to play a little game? Let's play a little game. In no particular order. The quarterback throws an interception when they're down seven. It leads to a touchdown. They're down 14. The quarterback fumbles a football when they're down 14. Leads to them being down 21. Coaching-wise, fourth and one. Yeah, why not a toss five yards backwards? Fourth and one. Yeah, why not a throw 20 yards down the field? Why not the onside kick? Why not throw bubble screens? Why not screw up the clock around the two-minute warning? Why not kick a field goal when you're down 10 with 50 seconds left when you could actually have a shot at an onside kick in that situation? Oh, yeah. Why not third and five lead T.J. Yeldon wide open with seven minutes to go in the game? Anything else I'm missing? Oh, yeah. They never tackled a player the entire game on the defensive side. There's nothing that they did well. If I write a column crushing the offensive coordinator for the game plan, then people tell me, well, Butler screwed up. If I say Butler screwed up, then I get people saying, why didn't you write something on Haley? It's just vice versa. I'm going to get it from one side or the other. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. If I blame the players, then people say, why not the coaches? If I blame the coaches, people say, why not the players? And you know what that all screams to me? Systematic bleeping failure. From the top on down, from Mike Tomlin to his coordinators, to the offensive and defensive staffs, to the team, they simply didn't do enough yesterday. Period. This is one of the most interesting losses I've ever experienced in this position or even in my life. Usually there's a GOAT. In this game, everyone sucked. Except for maybe Antonio Brown. And Ben played well outside of his two mistakes, but those mistakes netted 14 points. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Keith says, a friend who's a Seattle fan said he thought he was watching porn. I don't get it. No, Kelly Clarkson! I don't get it. Is it because there was so much sucking going on? Dave. Andrew tweets, Porter and Lake failed their jobs. Porter failed on Jarvis Jones and Bud Dupree. Blah, 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 blah. Bad grammar. Anybody saying Porter needs to be canned and Butler needs to be canned, how can I defend them? (laughs) I can't. In fact, I might write a blog tomorrow saying, I don't think Keith Butler should be fired, but I don't know what my defense is. Because just like him, there is no defense. I could have crafted that joke better. Damn. Up next, Dale Lawley of DKPittsburghSports.com helps me, bitch. And then, coming up at 540, McCutcheon, gone. Cole, gone. My Pirates fandom? Gone a long time ago, not coming back. Neither should yours. It's the Crowley Show. Get, get, get. Get, get, get. Get, get, get. Awful week for Pittsburgh sports, and that is 
putting it mildly. Dale Lawley of DKPittsburghSports.com joins me here now on the Crowley Show. Dale, what the hell happened yesterday at Heinz Field? I don't even know where to begin. They lost. They did. They lost. They gave up uh, 21 points to start the game, and that you know that was the, that was the end of it, right there. Um, you know, you look at the the the, the opening series. Uh, the, the Jaguars came out and threw play action passes, uh, ran the ball on the first down, I believe, and then ran four straight play action passes. And the Steelers took the bait every single time and left guys running open. Uh, they, they matriculate the ball right down the field and score. Uh, that was not what the Steelers had in mind when they deferred on the coin toss. Uh, they, they expected their defense to go out there and set the tone for the game. And in a way, they kind of did. They set the tone <laughs> for the game. Uh, then, the, you know, the, the, the second series, uh, you know, you get uh, uh, the interception by Roethlisberger. Gives up, a, you know, a, a very short field. Uh, but your defense, again, is still allowed to get a stop there. It's at the 18. Not only did they not get a stop, it only took one play for the Jaguars to score on an 18-yard run. And then the third score is is the, is the uh, you know they 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 just couldn't get the stops and then, and then when they finally look like they're going to maybe get back into this thing and it, and it's twenty one seven they give up the strip sack and, and a scoop and score now all of a sudden it's twenty eight to, to to seven and yes you get the the, the touchdown to go into the half but you're still down twenty eight fourteen you can't chase a team like that and that's what the Steelers ended up doing all day long that was the the if you would have drawn up a recipe for how the Steelers lose that game. That was it, except I don't know if the score would have been quite as high. I think, Dale, that in these instances, fans want to blame a coach or just coaches or a player or just the players. I think the players and the coaches all had their hands in this one. I realize that that's more likely the outcome than not anyhow, that if you're looking without nuance, you're always just going to focus on one guy. Uh, in this one, I think both sets the coaches and the players had their hands on the pile. Let's continue with the players first, then we'll get to the coaching stuff that I didn't like here. Ben Roethlisberger played a fabulous game when you look at the statistics, and he he made some... He made two horrendous mistakes. Unbelievable plays, but those mistakes, really, if you look at it, again, were a difference in this game. I mean, those two mistakes that he made were a big reason why they trailed 28-7. to I mean, they absolutely were. You can't sugarcoat it. You can't... You can't ignore that those happened uh, at the same time he got them back into it he made some tremendous throws and uh, fabulous plays in the second half of that game um, but they dug themselves too big of a hole against a team like that I mean yes they scored 42 points and and you know that should be enough to win you know 99 times out of 100 42 points should should be enough to get you to win um, but the, the offense and defense did not play well off of each other no, not in the slightest. And that brings me to the defensive side. They were awful, but they had a couple of opportunities. And one that irks me, there's about seven minutes left. The Steelers had cut it to a one-score game. It's third and five. I think the Jags are at the 30, their own 30. And there's the little swing pass, T.J. Eldon. Next thing you know, blink of an eye, the Jags are on Ooh, the Steelers' 40 30. 40 yards again on that. And that's game right there because yeah. then they can kick the the touch the the pardon me the field goal and you're up by ten points and that's all she wrote. Yeah, you, know, you know William Gay um, knows where everybody's supposed to be at. I wonder if he knew where he was supposed to be Gosh. on that play because that's that's in my opinion that's that's the nickel or the dime corners responsibility uh, the the back leaking out of the backfield and uh, you can't let that happen. 
and it did. Um, there were just a lot of opportunities like that. They had a, a, a couple of third and longs in the second half that they allowed them to convert as well. One on the screen, and I thought, I even tweeted it at the time, Dale, this is where we're going to see the Steelers get their first pressure of the day. We're going to see the Steelers maybe force a bad play from Bortles, and there's a good call by Jacksonville to run the screen, but the Steelers got to see that coming. Uh, and they did. Uh, got blocked up well, and LJ Ford just missed a shoestring tackle on that play. Um, he had he had yelled him by the ankle and just wasn't able to bring him down. Um, you know that's that's how close that game was. That's how you know how literally. I mean, it was just a play here or a play there that added up into a, a big loss. Um, you know, and now the Steelers are going to be starting over. Speaking of the players doing poor things, I would like to give some players credit for doing good things. Antonio Brown certainly not a hundred percent. But you wouldn't know that by watching him. My God. Best then, player in the game. Best player in, in, in all of football you're saying? In any position. I would tend to agree with that. Because he had some pretty good players all over him all day. And at times, most of the time maybe, even illegally, he's still out there making all kinds of plays. And I want to defend them just for a brief moment here. Because as I was driving in, I was listening to Mark Madden, who works in our building. And he was talking about how with these type of players, with the attitude that they have... You're not going to be able to win the big game. And, yo, the guys who have the quote-unquote attitude problems, the Antonio Browns, the Le'Veon Bells, Martavis Bryant, those are the dudes who stepped up in this game. It's not their fault that they lost. I think that's stretching for a narrative when you don't really need to stretch it's, for That's one. easy to say after a loss. It just is. Uh, if they go on and win a Super Bowl, you, you don't hear that narrative at all. And there have been teams that have won Super Bowls that have acted like that. I mean, you're going to tell me the 85 Bears weren't oh brash God. and cocky and, and did all the, uh, the talking, but they backed it up. Every Miami uh, college game ever, they yeah. were talking trash. I mean, and so that that's, to me, is, is you know, I, I don't get the, that, that narrative. Um, whether you talk or whether you don't talk before a game has absolutely um, really no, no effect on the game itself. Um you know, you could talk about well, it fired fired the Jaguars up, and that's fine. Uh, but if they weren't fired up to play a playoff game, right. shame on them. I mean, really, uh, you weren't fired up to play a, for an opportunity to go to the AFC Championship. If that were the case, you probably aren't going to be around in this league very long. Tim Benz was in the Jaguars locker room after the game, and he's of course tweeted, he was. Yeah, <laughs> he's great at what he does. Let's not kid ourselves here. And he said that was amped up a room as he's ever seen for a victory. Just about talking about the other team and how they felt disrespected. And and then Jalen Ramsey went out and did the same exact. You know thing what? When they, how the funny landed. is that? The same exact thing. Yeah. Is he overlooking the Patriots? Is he looking ahead to the Eagles or Minnesota? He I guarantee the Super Bowl win. I mean, my God. The same guy who was bitching that the Steelers were overlooking them went home and guaranteed a Super Bowl win. Same exact thing. Stupid I is as stupid does. I, I mean, if you believe that, if you believe that's dumb, then then you know you, you then have don't to, do it. Yeah, I don't think, despite the fanfare afterwards. That that had anything to do with the result in the game. I no, just that's don't. something you say, and, and it's it's like the Patriots in two thousand and one, uh, bringing up the fact that the Steelers already had their bags packed for the Super Bowl. <laughs> so did New England. I guarantee you, they did. You had to make those plans because the game was a week after the AFC Championship. You were leaving for uh, New Orleans, I believe it was, the next day. 
Of course you it, had to it's have media pack. day before you have time to fart. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, you know, I mean, teams try to use these things, and, and, and you can say that stuff to the victor goes to spoils and all that good stuff. But if, if, if the Steelers had pulled that game out somehow yesterday, would Jacksonville have said, well, oh, they disrespected us? No, you don't say that. No, guess they were right. Is probably what they would have said. Yeah, I mean that's you don't you don't hear the you know Ben Roethlisberger saying oh the, you know the Jaguars they disrespected me because they said here here they come uh, they're going to get me or, uh, we, he he said he wanted us so oh, well he's going to get us. He didn't say that and he could have said that. Look, yeah, I got him. I put forty two points on the board against him. Right. It wasn't his fault that they. Well, huh, I guess it depends on. It was a team. How it was a team's fault. Right. Exactly. I mean, it really was a team. Effort losing that football game. There was there was no unit uh, that went unscathed in that whole thing. Um, in my opinion, I think the defense bears the brunt of it because they gave up forty five points. They're thirty. You could say thirty eight. Uh, they gave the strip sack. Even if you want to, even if you want to say the eighteen yard run. You know what? It was 18 yards. We'll put that on Roethlisberger. Just for the sake of discussion, you still gave up 31 to Blake freaking Bortles. At least 34, because you're kicking a field goal from there anyways. Right. So, I mean, you gave, and you gave up 5 for 5 on trips inside the red zone. Is that it's bad? Not like, it's not like the Jaguars were hitting big plays on you and all, but you couldn't stop it. No, they were, they were matriculating the football down the field, and they were scoring in the red zone. Can't allow that to happen. You got to at least come up with a couple of stops here. If you come up with a couple of stops here, you win the damn game. You do. Dale Lolly, DKPittsburghSports.com, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Now to coaching, <laughs> where they also screwed up. I didn't love the onside kick. No, that was a bad move. Yes. I understand what Mike Tomlin's saying. He doesn't trust the defense, and I don't blame him for that. But at the same time, it's a, it's a, it's the, it's the safer play, though. It is, and. In that instance, you know, you know that despite what Jacksonville's done all day long, they are not, let's say if it's third and four, putting the ball in Bortles' hands. No, you want to, you want to make, in that situation, they were going to trust their defense, I guarantee yep. you. They were going to run three times. Because the, Steelers, three runs. Yeah, because the Steelers would have still needed a, you know, a score a touchdown at that point. Um, so you, you know, you'll take your chances with your defense, keeping them from going 60 yards with no timeouts left and, and let's say, a minute and a half left. To get to against your defense, um, they weren't going to throw the football there. Maybe they have Bortles run the ball uh, on a keeper or something yeah. like that and try bootleg. To trick, yeah, try to trick the trick, you know, you know, and roll somebody out with him. And if he's got a run pass option, but they weren't going to throw the ball there because that would have helped the Steelers save a timeout. Um, you know, in in the situation as it occurred, they gained nine yards and kicked a game winning field goal. I think the Steelers win the game if they kick it deep. I mean, that's assuming a lot, but. I hadn't seen anything that Jacksonville's defense could stop the Steelers either. So that one irked me. Uh, the two fourth downs drove me crazy. Whether or not that's coaching or audible or whatnot, they need to be able to sneak it. I, I don't care whose fault that is. I don't care if Ben doesn't want to do I it. I don't care if they sneak it or not. I do care. Run the football. Between the tackles, keep your, please. Keep your, put your fullback in the game. They had, they had Roosevelt Knicks on the field before the Jaguars called timeout because they only had 10 guys on the field for the original fourth down play. So you have Roosevelt Knicks out there. You have a tight end out there. Um, run it straight forward. You're at the tw- – and also, you're, you're at the 20, basically. Um, you're allowed to kick a field goal there, too. By the way, you lost by three points. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize it was 14 nothing at that point, and maybe you're, you, know, you're, you say, oh, we just need a half a yard. Well, if you only think you need a half a yard, don't get – don't get fancy. Mm-hmm. 
uh, run the ball straight ahead. Well, that's Dale. Everyone's talking about the those specific plays, and I realize it just brought them up. I wasn't in love with the Steelers' offensive game plan from that standpoint. Uh, we had talked about it at, at Stage AE for the Steelers' pep rally. Don't go sideways against these guys. Right. They're so damn fast. If you throw a bubble screen, it's going to get wrapped up. Did they have one successful bubble screen the entire game? I don't think so. And it's the same thing with the toss to me. You've got good players, and I tr- I understand you're trusting your good players to pull and get out there and make some things happen. Or I don't block somebody them for that. Block somebody, because they didn't do that. <laughs> but at the same time, they were having success running the ball between the tackles against Jack- Jacksonville. Just keep it that. You don't need to spread them out that way, I don't think. Or if you're going to try something like that, do spread them out. Uh, why not come out with, with three wides and, and, and give Le'Veon some lanes? If you do that, you're yeah. getting guys out of the box. Uh, it's just... You know, and again, they had time to talk about that on the sideline. Right. Uh, you had Roethlisberger, you had Haley, and you had Mike Tomlin there, and that's what they came out of that huddle with. Uh, I'm not gonna. I don't know who decided on what call, but I tell you, I can tell you this: Ben Roethlisberger had input into it. Todd Haley had input into it, and Mike Tomlin okayed it. So you know, put that on all of them. It's not just you know. People want to say, "Well, Todd Haley's got to go." They scored 42 points. Well, I'm in that camp, but and I've always defended Todd Haley. You know this. I mean, I, I like I always joke, I have a picture of Todd Haley hanging in my bedroom, so whenever I'm laying down and wake up in the morning, I can see his face. But his contract's expiring. I think you have to change something. And I don't think they're going to get rid of Butler. And if his contract's expiring, you've got Randy Fickner. I think he changed, he changed some players. He changed some, he changed some of the culture in that locker room by changing some players. Um, you know, I don't expect Mike Mitchell to be back. Do you I think Haley's expect, back? Uh, I th- I'm 50-50. 50-50? Um, Do you think I, they're 50-50? I think so. I think yeah. it's going to have to be, and maybe maybe it's Ian Roethlisberger having a sit-down and, and just trying to figure out if they can coexist together. And I don't care about that. I don't care if Bet Roethlisberger likes him or, or Haley likes Roethlisberger. That doesn't matter. But can you guys work together? Do you think? Do you feel like you can still... Coexist and get to get the uh, stated goal of winning a Super Bowl. If you don't think you can do that, then we're going to change. We're going to part ways, and it's, and it's not going to be Roethlisberger that goes. No, it's, it's going to be Haley. I think that's what happens here at the end of the season. You mentioned Mike Mitchell. I've always stuck up for him too because I think yeah. he's been a good player. I think he has been. He's played hurt, and he's done all the things that they needed them to do. And I, you know, I don't have a problem with him saying what he said Me three weeks before that game was played, or you know, a week and a half after the New England game, and three weeks before the story still came fresh. Out. Uh, yeah, it's still very fresh. Uh, it's not like he said it that week. Uh, that being said, his play was not up to par of the season. No, he's totally taken a step back. And when you're talking about giving up a lot of big plays, they didn't have a safety that could make plays over the top. Well, and, and it was exasperated by the problem. Uh, when they lost Ryan Shazier, you need somebody on that defense up the middle to step up and, oh, be, yeah. and, and be uh, somebody who can force turnovers. On most defenses, on a lot of defenses around the league, that's the free safety. Look at the Eric Weddles. Look what Ed Reed was to the, yeah. to the to the Ravens over the years. Look around the league at some of the other uh, good defenses. They've got a free safety that makes some plays. Uh, and, and by making plays, I mean picks the ball off. When teams are taking those deep shots on you, you're allowed to catch those. You are, and we don't see that at Ever. all. And if you're going to draft a guy or bring someone in, you can't have Mike Mitchell here at the same time. I just don't think it could coexist. And that's not to say I think Mitchell's a bad guy or anything like that, I, but he is alpha dog. And I don't expect him to 
be the guy who's going to say, oh, okay, yeah, you can replace me. I just don't think that would work. Last thing, briefly, because I'm running out of time. I do like what they've got at the corner position coming back, though. I do as well. Joe Hayden, Artie Burns, I thought played fairly well in this game, for the most part, although uh, they did give up that big play, 45 that's yards. not fair, though. He had no help over the he top, didn't. And, and that's that's tough for a corner. You just, you're telling the quarterback to throw it out over the middle of the field somewhere. It's tough on the corner. It is. Dale, it's been tough on you all season on the grind, man. I feel the same way, uh, and you're grinded down far more than I am. Uh, I can just see it in your face, uh, but thanks for the time, as always. Oh, no problem, Adam. That's Dale Lawley. When we come back... I think we're probably just going to keep talking about the Steelers. It's a cathartic experience for me. I'm sure it is for you, too. 412-922-2874. You're listening to The Crowley Show. Pittsburgh's burning. The Pirates are trading off all their good players to bring back guys who are going to play this year. It's like they're rebuilding and not rebuilding all at the same time, and that's not a good plan of action. We'll get to that coming up in a few minutes, but Steelers fans still pissed off about that debacle at Heinz Field yesterday. Chris from Tennessee. Hello, how are you? Yes, sir. I'll make this real quick because I know you got other callers. I called in about three years ago. You guys, well, maybe it wasn't your show because it was with Charlie Batch. It was after we lost to uh, Baltimore in the playoffs a couple years ago in Pittsburgh. And I said right then and there that Mike Tomlin cannot coach. It's as simple as that. And uh, I know everybody's going to defend him, but the, right now the Steelers should have at least three new Super Bowls right now. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger is going to leave here with just what he has because of Mike Tomlin. And I'm, I'm fed up with it. I've been a Steeler fan since 1975. My favorite player has always been and always will be Jack Lambert, the, you know, the count. And I'm going to tell you something. It is ridiculous. I was calling the plays for the Steelers yesterday with my friends, and they couldn't believe it. And on those fourth downs and inches, it wasn't fourth in yards. It was fourth in inches. And I kept saying, no, no, Ben is 6'5", 245. Run a quarterback sneak or at least do a, a, a um, take up the middle and let him do a naked bootleg. All he needs are inches. Whoa, 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 whoa. Under no circumstances should Ben Roethlisberger have taken his clothes off yesterday. None. Clothed bootleg. Damn. I understand that you're pissed. First, Mike Tomlin's not going anywhere because the Steelers aren't operating that way. The Steelers aren't going to get rid of their head coach. They've had three head coaches since my grandfather had been alive. So they're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. Second, to assume that they would have won three more championships if they had a different head coach is really assuming a lot because New England has won a bunch of championships. Doesn't mean that everyone can do it. In fact, there's a reason why only a couple of coaches have this many rings. Just to say that any other coach could come in here and win a championship is not really solid ground to stand upon. Curtis, next up in Shaler. Hello, man. How you doing, man? Thanks for taking my call. Sure, dude. So my big problem is, all the talk about Haley and none of the talk about Butler. What has Butler done in his tenure, uh, first of all? Second of all, just read the quotes from the defensive players today after watching 
the game in which they many times took the line didn't appear to know how to line up. Um, and then today the quotes are, oh, you know, they caught us in a good scheme. We weren't ready. We, we, there was miscommunication, blah, blah, blah. That falls on the defensive coordinator's head. Uh, you know, as much problem as Haley has with Roethlisberger, they still go out there and light it up. How come nobody's talking about the defensive coordinator getting whacked? Because that's really what has to happen. I don't think nobody's talking about it. I think a lot of people are talking about Keith Butler needing to get whacked. The issue is so much went wrong yesterday, Curtis, that you could talk about Haley if you want. You could talk about Butler if you want. You could talk about Tomlin. You could talk about the players not executing. You could talk about the clock management. You could talk about uh, poor play calls. There's so much that went wrong yesterday that me, as radio host, I get accused of not caring about the other thing when I'm talking about another reason why they lost. There's so much that went wrong yesterday that it's really hard to pin it on one thing. And as much as I have never really said Keith Butler needs to go before, I can't argue with anybody who says he needs to go now. I, I can't. I don't have a good reason to say he should stick around. I don't. Yeah, he's got to go. I mean, they're just so unprepared on defense. Um, and the other thing I don't understand is when Shazier goes down, okay, their answer is to pull a guy off the street who wasn't good enough to play here when he was here and got cut by the Colts and, and not just bring him in for depth, but to start him over the guys that you have. If those guys aren't good enough, Fort and Matikavich, to start over Spence, who was literally on his couch, then you got a depth problem. And, and I don't, that just seemed very curious to me. Well, that's fair, and Curtis. And look, here's the deal. Tyler Matikavich got hurt, too, so that hurts that as well. But they, in the offseason, went out and tried to get Dante Hightower because they were afraid at the about their depth at the inside linebacker position, and they never really addressed it because it's a salary cap league. And I think had they not signed Hayden, perhaps that would have been the route that they go. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. There are so many different things to dissect from this game. I'm upset. You're upset. I continue to allow you to have a mouthpiece, Tim, in Virginia, next up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Oh, Ad Rock. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there. Well, it sucks, Mitt. It really does. It really does. Well, two things. One, uh, and I want to get your take on it, that onside kick, the, uh, the odds. That's not playing the odds, okay? Uh you know, it's, somebody said it's a one in five chance of recovering an onside kick. I, I would have to think it's lower than that, especially yeah, when you've got 10. Boswell. I mean, Boswell's been bad at it. Yeah, but even even if we had somebody that was good at it, one in ten. I mean, you know, at best, you kick that thing off. They had their hands team out there, so they're not going to be real good blockers. You're going to get down there. You're going to cover, or maybe Bos puts it out of the end zone. And it's at the twenty-five. And then we're going to see how really cool Blake Bortles is, knowing he's only up by a touchdown, and he's got to get a first down. Well, Tim, let me. I Tim, here's here's the deal. Tim, Tim. Okay, Tim. Bortles would not have give, been given an opportunity to throw the ball in that situation, which is why you got to keep it, kick it deep. They're going to run the ball three times. They're not going to put it in his hand to win the game. They're just not. I realize that Doug Marone went for it on a fourth down earlier in the game, but they're not going to do it at the end because they're scared and because of the field position. It was a terrible call. An awful, awful decision that, again, is indefensible. I'm not going to say they should fire Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Mike Tomlin is a good head coach in this league. 
But Mike Tomlin was thoroughly outcoached yesterday. Mike Tomlin did a lot of poor things yesterday. His staff did a lot of dumb things yesterday. Eric, hello. Yeah, hello. What's up, man? Yeah, man. Um, I just want to, you know, people keep talking about, like, Keith Butler or whatever. I think people really don't understand is that that defense is Mike Tomlin's defense. Like, their code coordinators, like, that's – I've seen Mike Tomlin call plays. I've seen him use some of his personnel that Tampa 2 that he came from and do that. Like, that's Mike Tomlin's defense. That's Mike Tomlin's defense. And it's just kind of sad that he didn't have any faith in his defense to make that stop, like, just to make one stop to get us the ball back. Well, okay, so it becomes a conversation, Eric, about the global state of the defense or about the state of the defense in yesterday's game. Because for Mike Tomlin to not have faith in his defense at the end of the game yesterday, I understand because it had played so poor I still would have kicked it deep. I don't think it's a good enough justification. Globally, though, I think he had the defense playing really well early in the season, and for as good as the Steelers' offense got at the end of the year, Eric, the Steelers' defense was that much worse at the end of the year. In that, it can't happen. You know why? Their their blitzes weren't. Their coverage on the back end has always been bad. Their blitzes were hitting early in the season. Like when your blitzes hit, it covers some of the back end. You know, miss miss communication things that happen, but I think safety is their biggest Tomlin, concern, and left outside linebacker's biggest concern. You need to get more pressure on the quarterback from that from Bud Dupree spot, and you need to have a player who can put his hands on the football. And Mike Mitchell's not good enough at that at this point. That's a reality. The Steelers have good corners. They were able to set a team record in sacks this year, but they still have a couple of holes that need to be fixed. And to me, it starts with the safety position. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The Pirates are going about this all the wrong way. If you're going to sell the farm, sell it. If you're going to try to rebuild, tear it all the way down so like a phoenix from the ashes, it can rise. What the Pirates are doing now is they're signing Felipe Rivero to a four-year deal. They're getting Major League players back in the deal for Garrett Cole. I haven't seen what they're getting back for McCutcheon at this point, but if you're going to burn it down, burn it down. Don't get players who are going to help you now if you're not going to be good enough right now. And then this is just the cherry on the top, which is so Pittsburgh Pirates to me. Felipe Rivera, who just signed the deal, put up an emoji of himself smacking himself in the head, one of those what-the-hell-did-I-just-do emojis. And I have to imagine he didn't know before he signed his extension that McCutcheon was getting moved, or at least, or Garrett Cole, too. I mean, he probably didn't know. And that doesn't mean he wouldn't have signed the deal here. You sign a deal to make a lot of money. You do that. You want to set yourself up and your family up for the rest of time. But... You'd like for the Pirates to be forthright with you. You'd like the Pirates to tell you exactly what's going on, and I assume a lot from that emoji, I understand, but come on. That's what that tells me. He didn't know. And he thinks maybe if they're signing me to this deal, they're going to keep McCutcheon around and keep Garrett Cole around. Typical Pirates. 412-922-2874. I hurt for you, Pittsburgh. I'm your sounding board. 412-922-2874. It's Crowley Show.